This is the Maxiao Leadership Podcast. The hard skills, um, the knowledge, experience, whatever, you can get. You can, if you try, you can get. So hard skills are, are things you can learn. But soft skills, I've seen that it's uh, very difficult to change, especially if you're a mature professional. I will tell you after 30 years plus of experience, what is the most um, um, powerful, um, I would say, memory and feeling for me is when I meet people now after 30, 20, 10, whatever years, and they look at me and say, My guest today is a successful business leader with more than 30 years of experience leading several multinational and Greek companies, mainly in the IT sector. Marika Labru is founder and CEO of Compassionate Entrepreneurial Leadership, a consulting firm that offers top-level leadership services to organizations and individuals who wish to apply agile transformational strategies in a dramatically changing world. Marika currently serves as a board member in several companies, including Deepa SA, a Greek natural gas company, Focus Barry, a research agency, and Entersoft SA, a business software and service provider listed on the Athens Stock Exchange, and of which she is the chair of the audit committee. Marika is the author of the book Secrets of Success for Family Businesses in the New Era, and she contributed to the book 60 Leaders of Innovation. Without further ado, let's welcome Marika Labu. Welcome, Marika, to the Maxiao Leadership Podcast. And thank you for making the time for our audience today. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here with you, Maxim. No, and congratulations you. for the initiative. It's a great thank initiative. Yeah, thank you very much. It's thanks to leaders like you who are willing to come and share your wisdom with our audience. Wisdom, which means I'm pretty old. Okay, Maxim. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It, it means instead that you are very experienced. <laughs> Uh, before we dive into today's content, would you mind introducing yourself to our audience and share a bit more about you? Yes, of course. And I think I should start from the personal stuff, which is um, I'm a proud mother of two daughters, 27 and 23 years old. They're making their own careers, autonomous careers and very dynamic. Um, I live uh, peacefully, uh, very close to the seaside, uh, in a nice place in Attica, uh, close to Athens, Greece, with my husband and partner for the last over oh, five years or so. Um, I am a chemical engineer originally, but never really worked as a chemical engineer, um, I mean, in a factory. But I've got a lot of roles, um, uh, sales and marketing roles that uh, I had to, to be a chemical engineer in order to obtain them. 
I've spent 30 years in various companies, um, 20 of them in the IT industry. I have worked for Microsoft, for Hewlett Packard, for um, the top Greek IT integrators and software providers. Um, I've also spent three years as managing director for um, uh, the biggest um, electrical wholesaler in Greece. And out of these 30 years of uh, experience as an executive, 30, 15 of them, half of them uh, have been in positions of general management, managing director, CEO, and so on. During the last three years, um, I, I am uh, serving as member of board for three companies. Uh, one of them uh, um, also in the stock, in the Athens Stock Exchange, the other one, uh, a very big public company, uh, the public company of natural gas in Greece. And um, I, have, um, I have founded my own uh, consulting agency with the uh, emblematic title, Compassionate Entrepreneurial Leadership, CEL, C-E-L. Uh, and I've also written a book about family businesses. So quite busy, <laughs> I would say. This is quite impressive. Thank, thank, thank you, uh, Marika, for this introduction. And, you know, this, leader, this podcast is about leadership. It's, uh, it, it's for corporate executives and entrepreneurs who want to grow their leadership skills. And uh, you, you have this, your, 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 your own agency here. So what's your definition of leadership coming from your vast experience and uh, the research that you've done? And... You know, I will not tell you that you, get, you need to be strong and take initiatives and all this stuff that is very, very usual. Um, I will tell you that you have to be resilient and uh, caring for other people. If you do not care about the other people, then you're not a leader, uh, by definition, in my opinion. But you, you also need to be uh, strong enough so that whatever failure, uh, disaster, mistake is done, uh, you have the courage to, to go on, to proceed, to keep working. Um, so, really care about other people, uh, really take care of their development, their well-being, and uh, be strong enough to, to proceed uh, even under uh, difficulties. That, that's my, def my simple definition. So you talk a lot about caring about people. Why is that important to you when it comes to leadership? Is that, have you got some example in, through your leadership career that really made you to connect to that importance of uh, caring about people? Leadership, what is it? What do I lead? You cannot lead a business, um, a company, um, an institution, an organization that has no people. There's no such thing. So you have to lead some people. You have to inspire them to, to achieve goals, common goals. You have to have a shared common vision. So I cannot really um, understand or think of any kind of leadership without people being involved. And of course, you can be in front of people, you can give orders, um, you can have people serving you, but my 
my approach uh, about leadership is um, this of the servant leader. I'm supposed that you are uh, acquainted with this uh, approach. So I feel very well when I give, when I serve the other people, when I see people growing. And I will tell you after 30 years plus of experience, what is the most um, um, powerful um, I would say memory and feeling for me is when I meet people now after 30, 20, 10, whatever years, and they look at me and say, you know something, you have helped me. You've done something that really helped my career, my personal development, my professional advancement, my whatever, even when you were strict or even when we disagreed. So, the, I mean, for me, this is um, the best I could expect. Salaries and titles do not have any, any meaning at the end, but this, the, the feedback you can take from people, this positive feedback that you, you touched their life in a positive way. This is the best, the utmost. That's how I feel about it. No, absolutely. No, that's, that's very, very uh, positive and interesting. You know, I was having the conversation with... Uh... Uh, Philip Derpech, CEO of Sodepa, in one of the previous episodes. And one of the examples was giving a uh, link to what you just said is people who he had to restructure in the past continue to be in touch with him, even if he filed them for various reasons. But they, years later, come to him and ask for recommendation for, for the next uh, uh, job application because they, 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 they see the connection. They, 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 they're so past the difficult decision that he had to make in which they were involved. And to yeah. tell you the truth, I say that for, for every leader, the most difficult thing is to make a dismissal, not because a dismissal is something painful for the, for the other person, but if you do it properly, which means look the other person into the eyes and explain why he or she has to leave the company is the most difficult and the most maturing process for a for a leader i think but then you you, you the, the the name of your organization is compassionate leadership yeah. what do you mean by compassionate leadership and how important is that in that relationship with the people and and uh, leading the, the the team around us so maxim now you want me to disclose things that i will write in my next book but okay <laughs> I will do it for you. In fact, I have prepared a concept, the um, three pillars of, of leadership. A leader has to be compassionate, entrepreneurial, and organizing. And I've, um, I've, I've found uh, 10 attributes per pillar. We will not talk about the three, uh, or three pillars or 10 attributes, but in, in any case, um, a compassionate leader is the leader that um, can get into the shoes of, uh, of her or, or his people, can understand them, can listen actively to, to them. Um, is the, the person who realizes their conditions, their situation is not indifferent on what is um, going on with them, how, how they feel. Uh, is not uh, indifferent uh, regarding their expectations, their dreams, their, their ambitions. And, you know, you're getting out of yourself and you get into the other self and, and you have to do something about it. It's not so easy. And it, it also means that you have to, in a way, split yourself 
in dozens or hundreds of other people. And if you really care about them, you have to create an environment and conditions that can help them to realize their dreams, except from giving their full potential to job, realize their dreams. So if the dreams align with the company's purpose, it's okay. If not, then there is an issue. So the, the leader's job is to find a way to, to align those two things. And to align the dream of the people with what we need to achieve. And what, what are the typical challenges that you, you imagine we'll be facing? And how can we overcome that in establishing that connection? To tell you the truth, I, I never found a difficulty in establishing this connection. I now realize after these 30 plus years of experience, this was and is because I have always been sincere and authentic. I, I never um, tried to, to hide the truth. So whatever I, I have been assertive in all my life. And this sometimes um, did not help so much because uh, if you are very assertive, you might be arrogant sometimes. Uh, but still people know that you are telling the truth. You are not trying to pretend something. Or... And the other thing is that... Um, I've been um, really myself, which means people would see someone having uh, the responsibility of many, many millions or of um, uh, hundreds of people and of, of very serious uh, business results. And at the same time, being a person who has a family, who has problems, who might be um, unhappy sometimes, uh, might be enthusiastic some other times. I mean, a normal, vulnerable person. Of course, I was always trying to keep my emotions the way they will not be disruptive for the other people, but still I was one of them. This thing, being one of them, I think is the secret of, um, of the leaders that, are, that uh, inspire other people and are followed by, by other people and people feel connected with them and with the purpose they all together serve. Uh, so that's so true. Now, looking at the last two years, you know, we come out of the global pandemic. I think that has generated in a lot of people different perspective about what is important in their lives. So leaders now need to, to, to reestablish, you know, uh, and take that into account, what the, the perception of the, of, of the people around them. And probably also has an impact on the leaders themselves for what they think and find is important in their life. How how does that impact being compassionate? You know the the change in the setting that we've we've experienced over the past two years. You know, I'm I'm thinking about it because the concept uh, I was telling you about uh, was created in 2014. There was no pandemic then, but I always thought and strongly believed that you need to be compassionate, otherwise you are not an appropriate leader. You're not a good leader for people. Um, it's good that the pandemic um, made a lot of uh, leaders to realize that you have to take care of the personal aspect of your employees too, except from the professional ones, except from performance only. But it's a pity that we really needed a pandemic. We needed a, a, a global catastrophe uh, before we realized that people are also people, except from being employees, uh, workers, uh, executives, or whatever. 
it is true that this has changed. Um, if you ask me, ha has it changed forever? Has it really changed? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, it has given, the pandemic has, has given us uh, quite some good lessons. And I hope that the new generation of leaders um, are ready to realize that they also have to take into consideration the personal aspect of, of, the, of their colleagues, of the people they, they work with. Um, but the old-fashioned management, not leadership, uh, I think that is uh, in a great percent that's still pretending. They are doing uh, questions of interest only because they have to. So the, I've seen a lot of, um, uh, let's say, guidelines to top executives, uh, like uh, when you start a conference call or a video call with your employees, you, you need to have a small talk. You need to ask how their families are, blah, blah, blah. Why should you give guidelines on this? Why shouldn't the leader feel naturally that he or she has to, to make these questions? I think we have lost it a little bit. And, and you know, it's, it's, we understand why we have lost this because people uh, have been promoted and are still promoted to, to various uh, hierarchies in company structures just because uh, they are very good individual contributors and they contributors and they bring the results and they, um, and they are very good uh, as business uh, or subject matter experts. And no one really gives um, attention to how much um, you know, compassionate they are, how much emotional intelligence they have. I, I hope this will change. I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic that this will change because I see that the new generation, the millennials, um, they, they do care about people, about the environment, about life, about health. So we have chances that it will change. It will become better. Yes, and it's important, as you say, to, to look and care about people. Now, obviously, it doesn't always come naturally to some people. And uh, it's, it's also the, that perception still around there that the leader needs to be the strong person and, you know, uh, some ideas of uh, uh, us and them. And, and uh, obviously, that's very wrong, but still, some people still experience that. And the connection is not always easily created. Do you see that being different depending on the, the type of organizations? Now, obviously, you worked in very large companies, but also family businesses. Do, do you see a difference in the type of organization and what, what leaders can do to uh, promote that more? Well, what uh, I can see is that in, in multinationals, um, you have modern structure, you have processes, you have systems. Um, uh, great trainings, but sometimes uh, something is missing. And what is missing is what I call the soul. I mean, in family businesses, they have this culture that is um, a culture of solidarity. And, um, and this, this is very, very different. But sometimes family businesses um, miss... Um, some modern aspects of, of companies. They miss the processes, uh, they miss, the, they miss the, the, the systems, uh, all this. So in my opinion, if, if one can combine uh, this uh, solidarity feeling, this passion 
uh, with modern systems and processes, um, then we will have the ideal organization. Not so easy, but there are, there are some companies that can really uh, manage to be so. And then you wrote a book about it, right? You wrote a book called The Secret of uh, Success for Family Businesses in the New Era. What, what led you to write that book? What, what did you think it was important to write uh, this book? To tell you the truth, it was not exactly uh, my decision because I wanted to write a book with the experiences I had from my pre previous uh, professional uh, endeavors uh, from the, the companies I've, I've been uh, working for. And uh, a friend of mine said, why don't you write something about company, about family businesses? You know so much about them. Um, even your father had a small family business. Um, and you can also say the differences and you can help them because there's no such uh, other book. And yet it's true, there was no other book, at least in Greek, about family businesses. And I was really surprised uh, how, how much, um, how well the book went, I mean, how many, now we are in the third uh, edition already. It's one year and a half because it was published in December 2020. Um, and you know, when I started writing the book, because the book is not only um, like a professional book with conclusions and lessons learned, and there are conclusions, there is analysis, but there is also a story. There's a story uh, about three family businesses that I have imagined, but I have used all the experiences and all the real facts that have, I've seen and I have experienced myself. And uh, what many readers coming from family businesses <laughs> tell me is that they can see themselves in there. They can see their business. Some of them told me, you know, when I was reading the book, I thought that you, you have been hidden somewhere uh, in our buildings and uh, you were uh, looking what's in us and then that's how you wrote the book. The book contains um, things from real life of these family businesses. And uh, I have written the book um, based on a my respect to those uh, to those companies because I know how hard they work and what kind of dreams they have and how difficult it is to survive. And on, on the other hand, I wanted to give them some little pushes uh, so that they, they make some changes because they need to change in order to thrive in the new era. Some family businesses stay the way they were when they were founded, but they have to change. So respect and push for change. This was my purpose. No, and it's very important to give that guidance also to the leaders so they know they have a reference to, to think. Now, you sit on the board of many organizations, large and small, and uh, from your experience today, what are the biggest challenge that the leaders are facing? If we're talking about the members of the board, um, 
I can say, having also discussed the issue with many, many people that sit in boards around Europe, I would say that the concept of corporate governance is still um, is still under under progress. It's uh, it's not too um, widely adopted uh, by many many companies. So you might have very um, typical uh, uh, boards of directors where people uh, make um, the big decisions uh, when they they. they um, in a way, uh, receive the reports from the executive uh, co committee. Uh, they oversee their their job. Uh, they say whether the the CEO is doing a good job or not. Um, but still, there are many boards of directors that do not get deeper and do not give um, leadership um, advice. So I think corporate governance is something that um, has to be further developed all over Europe, especially for family businesses that I you know most of them are very, very afraid to include uh, members that are not family members, external members, non-executive members, they're very afraid. And this does not help them to obtain a wider view of what is going on out there in the world. It's, uh, it's for their benefit to have people not from the same family. Little by little, I see some change, but still it's, uh, it's difficult. So the, the challenge I would say for a board member uh, is that they do not have so many opportunities to give uh, a really useful uh, leadership advice. It's in a way they are not linked with the everyday operations of the, of the organization. Like most leaders, you are probably currently in transition. Maybe you are new into your role or you are about to start a new job. Or maybe it's your manager or someone in your team who are new in their role or about to start a new job. If this is you, go to selfempowermentinstitute.com and register for our workshop on leadership transition secrets. All successful leaders I know pay close attention to the transition into the new role because they don't want to compromise their career after a move that is supposed to propel it. Go to selfempowermentinstitute.com to register for the Leadership Transition Secret Workshop today and secure success for your new role. And looking at your own experience as, as a CEO uh, throughout the years, what would you say was your biggest challenge? Do you have stories that you want to share around, you know, some uh, challenging moment of leadership and how did you overcome those? I think the, the, the most useful would be if I discuss about mistakes I've made <laughs> and I have regretted. So there are a couple of mistakes I would like to share with you. Uh, both of them have to do with people. So um, mistake number one is that um, uh, I was in a company and uh, we had created uh, a new, uh, I was the CEO of the company, we had created a new uh, division. We had to find uh, very, very uh, quickly someone to, to lead the division. Um, because a lot of changes were taking place, uh, I had less than one month to find someone. 
So I've seen some people, I interviewed some people and I, I selected um, someone. Um, the bad thing is that uh, she was a lady and I was so happy to have a lady because you know, if you go very uh, at the top of the organizations, you see so few women and I wanted to, to support women. So she she was she had all the um, all the skills I, I thought I thought she had all the skills I wanted her to to have. She joined the company and after a couple of weeks um, there were some rumors. I had some complaints from people that she does not cooperate very well. That she's uh, uh, she's very autocratic. That she doesn't uh, give them uh, opportunities to to do things, to be creative, to, to participate. Uh, she wanted to decide for everything. And she wanted to promote herself versus uh, the business or versus the results of the other people. Her people were doing something. She would say, I did, I, 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 I. She was a very I person. Uh, so after two months, uh, I had to, to take the difficult decision to tell her that she cannot um, proceed with the company. Uh, the, um, the interesting thing is that um, um, one month uh, after her uh, dismissal, we had a, a wide company event. And I felt, um, I felt that I should share with the people without mentioning names and details that I made a mistake. I, I made the wrong decision and uh, I tried to correct this decision. And uh, when I was talking about this event, I could see in their eyes how much happy they were because I admitted the mistake and because I was uh, ready to make changes. So this is something that people accept, uh, expect from leaders, that if you make mistakes, you admit the mistakes and you, you take action to, to do something. Um, the other thing, the other mistake I've made is that um, uh, with a colleague that um, was not, um, he, he was a good performer, it was he this time. He was a very good performer, but uh, he had some uh, um, really, he had some serious issues with uh, soft skills, uh, communication, cooperation, behavior, behavioral issues. So I, I discussed with him. He, he was a manager of, uh, of uh, three, um, three departments. Uh, I, I discussed with him, I, I, I noticed uh, what uh, I think I thought he should change and so on. He said, okay, I will make an effort. Um, weeks passed, no, no results. Months passed, no results. Um, so in fact, I, I left the company before being able to to make some changes uh, with this particular person. And I think that uh, this is something I feel guilty about. And uh, um, because I know that many other people and teams um, did not have a, a good time uh, with him. So my lesson is that you have to, to, you have to have deadlines also to these things, that you ask people to make some changes 
you help them to to make the effort but you have to to agree with them at deadline after which you cannot uh, you cannot wait them you cannot yes so being tolerant is but with some deadline no that 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 is really powerful that the two examples that you chose were around leadership because i genuinely believe that in organization the 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 success of the organization depend on the individual's ability to lead, but also the quality of the leader at the top. And that makes a huge difference in, uh, in, in the way the, the organization uh, runs. So from those experience, now when you select leaders for, for the boards you sit in or for your companies, what, what are you looking, what, what main quality are you looking to people when you put them into leadership roles? Well, first of all, um their CV is less than 30%. If, if, I mean, if I, if I wanted to give uh, percentages on the, on the criteria, uh, the CV, uh, the educational background, uh, some certificates you might have, or even the specific experience in some sectors is less than 30%. And 70% is um, the feeling that I, I get when discussing with you. Uh, what you did uh, when I asked you for particular events uh, in your professional life uh, or how you would react in some other cases. So I'm trying to understand the person uh, behind the professional because it's, you know, it's the person that will take over. It's the person that will meet the, the, the difficulties. It's the person that will need to overcome the challenges. So the hard skills, um, the knowledge, experience, whatever you can get, you can if you try, you can get. So hard skills are are things you can learn, but soft skills, I've seen that is uh, very difficult to change, especially if you're a mature professional, and in a way you are used to behave in your particular way. It's not so easy to change. I don't say that you will not change forever, but some, you know, some some behaviors are, are, are very, I would say, very unique. That they have they they give their stamp on you, and and this uh, might take too much time to change. And we don't have so much time. So I prefer to have someone that is mediocre in knowledge and experience and help them uh, get some more uh, expertise um, rather than have someone that has a really impressive CV and as a character is so-and-so. So I would go for a character more. The attitudes make the difference and then the rest will learn. Absolutely. So then what can leaders of today do to develop the next generation of leadership? What, what would be your recommendation to develop leaders? So first of all, um, we have to teach, if we need to teach leaders to be authentic, to be themselves. Each one of us uh, is um, um, a, you know, a unique person with uh, unique skills. And we have to to be self-confident on, on one hand and uh, humble on the other to understand that we do not have the knowledge of the whole world. We do not have the expertise. We do not have the skills. There are people that might be better in this or the other area. So 
the world is there to teach us things. So for me, a, a very, very important characteristic of a future leader is the ability to learn, the ability to see around and understand and, and take things, take best practices. Uh, so in order to do so, you have to be self-confident that yes, I know what I know and I can learn more and be humble enough to say to yourself that there are things to learn out there, there are things to learn, there are things to try. I'm not ready. I will never be ready. I can always improve. I can always be better. And the other thing, um, very, very important for a leader is that uh, the leader replaces I with we. I am for the other people. We do together. We uh, produce the results, uh, we win, we thrive, we, we, we. And, and really believe this because many people say we and they mean I. So you have to believe that we is really we. And for, for a leader to really show that we is we, uh, I want to see them uh, serving the other people. I want to, to see them uh, being interested. I will give you a, a very little example. This, this I would say, this thing about learning, I was always very, very much focusing on this. So even when I were a CEO of a company of 1,000 employees, whenever a newsletter or whenever I had some information about a seminar, a congress, a conference, someone that is coming to my country from abroad, and this I thought would be interesting, interesting for an employee, I would write a short email, uh, this might be interesting for you, check, out, check it out, check it out, just the link, check it out, because I wanted people to learn more, I wanted people to de develop themselves, because I thought that this is what I should do, develop them, help them become better so that we together produce better results. How else would it be? Absolutely. And uh, you're so right. So th thank you for sharing that experience. And that's exactly why I do this podcast is to give that opportunity also for training, but also selfishly, it's an opportunity for me to sit and have conversation with leaders like you and I really, really enjoy it and I learned so much. So thank you for, for sharing these. Now, these days, things move fast. The world is changing. Innovation is very important. And I know you contributed into a book called 60 Leaders of Innovation. What, what's, what's your advice on innovation for leaders and how can we foster innovation in our organization? Um, I think two things are important for me to mention here. One thing is that innovation does not have to, to do with uh, products only. It's not a, a, a product innovation or a, or a process uh, innovation. It's not only this. Innovation might have to do also with uh, everyday processes, everyday operations of the company, the way uh, we run our meetings, the way we give feedback to people, uh, the way um, we celebrate things um, in the company. So in innovation can be everywhere. This is one thing. The other thing is that um, in order to, to really have an innovation culture in the company, you first need to have um, a healthy culture of change within the company. So uh, people have to be ready to change every day, every month, every year. 
and that, you know, I'm, I'm really, I, I will use this expression, sorry, I'm really fed up of people in organizations who say, we have always done it like that here. This is what we do here. And, you know, I tell them, I, I saw them the book who says, what got you here will not take you there. You know, that's the truth because things change, the environment changes, the competition changes, the, the markets change. We live in a, in, a, in a continuous change. So how can we be the same? How, how can we produce uh, really thriving business results following the same processes, the same attitudes, the same behaviors? That's, that's not normal. So we have to, to adopt change as a normal everyday behavior. Then innovation will come because, because then our minds will be open. We will think out of the box and we will really create innovative ideas. And you know, leaders should encourage this process of innovation. What I've seen on the opposite is that sometimes leaders, because they're afraid um, of, of their uh, of their position of their you know future power uh, sometimes they block innovative ideas and this is really bad for the organization absolutely and and, and you know what you were talking about change I was uh, reading a book recently where there was a quote that says change is not just inevitable it, it is the way things are and that's exactly what you said you know change is what we do and it needs to be part of everyday life and leaders need to foster it and that's how innovations comes in because you get used to change and you want to find new and better ways of, of doing things exactly uh, absolutely I marika i really enjoy this conversation and you know as we as we're coming to the end there's a there's a question i like to ask a guest on the podcast which is what is the one question that you wish I would ask you or that, you know, usually people don't ask you when you go on interviews? Because now I'm uh, uh, very well acquainted with my own self. <laughs> <laughs> I would like you to ask me what other things I do and um, I'm very fond of. And I would disclose uh, without being very shy as I were many, many years ago, that uh, I also write poems in my free time. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I have uh, already published three, um, you know, collections of, of poems, but um, it was difficult for me the first time when the, the first collection was out. It was very difficult. And there were friends of mine that we were together for... 30 years and they didn't know that I write poems because I was afraid that this, this part of myself uh, would uh, hurt in a way my business, my, my business profile. And I think this was a mistake. It took me many, many years to realize that it is a mistake and that it's my whole self. That's my whole self. And probably one has helped the other. That's my balance. So I disclose that I also write poems. <laughs> Oh, that, that's really good. You know what? It's very encouraging that you shared this because sometimes we have this side of ourselves and we don't share because we think that maybe it's not connected to the work that we do. But in fact, you have to be your whole self. And I went through exactly the same. You know, I am CFO in a very large organization. And uh, when I had this idea of podcast, I was like, 
oh my God, how are people going to find it? You know, what would people think? Do they think that I'm not as committed to the organization? But it's a passion that I have about, you know, sharing and having a conversation and, and uh, just leaping into it. In fact, the support was great and people needed it. And now that you share that you write poems, I want to read it. So where can we find your poems? <laughs> I will translate some of them and send to you. <laughs> but you know something, what you, I, I want you to say that, uh, I would like to say that what you did really proves that you are a great CFO. Thank you. <laughs> the CFOs that, that are interested in leadership are great CFOs. They're not, they understand that there are people behind numbers. And that's the best way to handle numbers. Yes, the story behind the numbers. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much. So what are three books that you recommend our audience today now to continue the conversation with you? You know, what, what, what would be three books that you recommend us to read? Okay, three books. My the first book I would uh, I would propose is uh, Bent, comma, not break. This is a book of really? Ping Fu, Chinese origin, uh, and um, now lives in, in, uh, in America. The book for resilience, in my opinion. Yeah. I think this is the, the book. Then, of course, I will uh, recommend uh, Why, Start With Why, of Simon Sinek, another great book, probably most of you have read, okay. And um, another book that really impressed me, um, and it's, uh, it's good for, for both introverts and extroverts, is uh, The Power of Introverts, Susan Kine. Mm. I think it's really, uh, it's, it's, it's a revealing book. It's a revealing book. Uh, makes both extroverts and introverts uh, understand um, about themselves, but also about the other people that uh, are on the other side of the discussion. So, Yes. I have many more books, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'll make sure that we'll put the, the links to those books on the on the on the on the podcast site and that so people can go and, and get them. Thank you very much for sharing those. And we can't wait to read your next book. When when is it going to be out, Compassionate Leader? I think it will take two or three years. I think okay. will we will uh we will eagerly look for, forward to it. And in the meantime, where can people find you online? Where 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 can we reach out to you well i think linkedin is the the best the best way i've, I've also have an account on facebook um, i also have a page on facebook but that's very personal and uh, i never i rarely write in, in english so linkedin is the best i write articles i post every now and then and people can contact me there and see about me my activities and whatever thank you so much marika for for, for joining us today thank you very much Thank you. It's been very, very nice for me too. It's a great initiative. I need to say once more. And uh, I am really looking forward to next podcast because I would like to, to listen to them. It's a great initiative, Maxine. Congratulations. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. This was the Maxiao Leadership Podcast. Thank you for joining us. To listen to future episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Until next time, keep being the leader everybody trusts and respects.